Warning, the following podcast contains some pretty fucked up language. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Blue Apron, Loot Crate, and the new lodging marketplace for renting a magical room at a church. It's Prayer B&B. Do you believe that praying works? Perfect. Then you probably believe a priest would never sexually assault you. And both of those things are equally true. Prayer B&B. Everyone loves it in the apps. And now, the Skating Atheist. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, the podcast from Australia for Science and Reason. Today, excuse me, hello? Hi, Richard, it's Maynard here, just ringing to tell you that we did in fact evolve from stinking monkey men. It's January 12th. And don't listen to the words we say. Listen to what's in our hearts. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from New York, New York, Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is The Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, the FDA starts handing out OWLs. <laughs> Vatican City gets super Catholicized. And Eli will learn that women's genes reached the bottom of their tits back in the 90s. But first, the diatribe. Y'all remember John Tidor? I don't know, maybe I'm mispronouncing it, T-I-T-O-R. It was the screen name of the dude who claimed he was an internet time traveler back in like 2000, 2001. Right? This dude claimed to be a soldier sent back from 2036 to warn humanity about an upcoming nuclear holocaust or something like that. And if you've never read the post, I cannot possibly emphasize how poorly this was done. He had every post-apocalyptic, world catastrophe, sci-fi channel, C-movie cliche you can imagine squeezed in there, along with a snapshot of the pseudoscience du jour that was outdated 15 minutes after he pressed post. It was the kind of bullshit that would reveal itself to anyone who made even the slightest attempt to debunk it. But of course, you know humans, so you already know that a depressing percentage of them were not willing to make that much effort. Now, at the time, I had a lot of dumb friends, so on more than one occasion, I found myself opining on the validity of this self-professed tempanaut. I recall one time in particular, I'm I'm sitting around with half a dozen guys playing poker, and one of them broaches this subject with sort of like a a what-if air to it. And after a couple of minutes of people concluding that you can never really know for sure, I chimed in. And I don't recall exactly what I said, but the overall point I made was a pretty simple one. Basically, I just said, imagine what it would look like if it was real. And that's pretty much all it takes to dismiss this shit, isn't it? I I mean, imagine you went back to 1981 and you had to convince people that you were a time traveler. And just to make it a challenge, we're going to give you Terminator rules so you can't just bring back an iPhone with you or whatever. How long would it take you to definitively prove you are who you say you are? And what's more, what would that sound like? Even without making any specific predictions, without telling people who's going to win the next Super Bowl or whatever, just the new directions that you could suggest for scientific inquiry would be enough to give the skeptic pause, wouldn't they? 
And that's just you being time kidnapped without warning. This dude was claiming he was sent back by the government to prevent a worldwide disaster. So they probably just could have like told him to memorize next week's Powerball numbers or something. But what I learned from the whole thing was that imagine what it would look like if it were real was an argument that didn't occur to some people until you pointed it out. I mean, isn't that the only thing that you're assessing here? Isn't that the first and in this case, last question that you would have to ask yourself? But of course, none of that should surprise me. And it certainly wouldn't anymore. After all, I just cracked open my fourth fucking holy book last week. And we've talked about this before, but think about how much better a job you could do in terms of holy books. Right. If I sent you back to the 14th century BCE or the 1st century CE or the 7th century CE and I asked you to write a book about all the shit that humans should know, how much better could you have done than Moses, Paul, or Muhammad? Yeah, assuming we could bridge the language barrier, your book would be way better than the Pentateuch or the New Testament or the Quran, wouldn't it? It would contain scientific truths about the universe and biology that would put humans centuries ahead of the game in terms of technological and philosophical advancement. And again... That's just you. That's not the omnipotent, all-knowing creator of the universe. I mean, even if you accept the convoluted notion the apologists have concocted about God needing faith or protecting free will by not proving his own existence, and you definitely shouldn't accept those because they're fucking stupid, but for the sake of the argument, even if you accepted one of those as the excuse why God can't just put something in there to prove he's God when heliocentrism probably would have done the trick, you can at least expect them to do an affable job telling humans how they should live in the world, Right? But instead, you get a poorly worded snapshot of the pre-modern moral philosophy of the day as understood by whatever babbling schizophrenic was seeing God most convincingly at the moment. Just that should be enough to dismiss all the revealed religion, shouldn't it? Simply asking yourself what the Bible would really look like if God wrote it should be all you need to definitively conclude that he didn't. Hell, they like to mine that thing trying to find tiny little nuggets that might suggest his authors knew anything at all about the universe they lived in, and they can't. You know, when the Bible kind of sort of suggests that the earth is round, apologists try to point to this as proof that it's divinely inspired, despite the fact that A, it doesn't actually say that, B, it strongly implies the world has corners several times, and C, people figured out the earth was round way before the parts of the Bible they're talking about were even written. But even in formulating these half-assed arguments, they're admitting that the Bible should have some kind of knowledge beyond that of the educated people at the time it was written, aren't they? It should be more convincing than John Tidor's time travel posts, which means that if we're all going to be intellectually honest, it's not going to be any harder to debunk than those posts were. Of course, we're not going to be, are we? But if we're assessing this thing impartially, there are only two possibilities. Either God didn't write the Bible, or he's no smarter than an Iron Age shepherd. And it seems to me that Christianity would be way better off embracing the former than the latter. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are a couple of shy town bound nouns, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to suffer through the inexcusable deep dish drivel that passes for pizza in Chicago? Deep dish pizza is like a tragic knife fight massacre at a kiddie pool. <laughs> Plus bread. It's like SIDS on toast. <laughs> Fun fact, when you lean over the wall at the Holocaust Museum, it's just a video of deep dish pizza being made. <laughs> they swap it in for when the videos get old. 
And a quick reminder that there are still a few tickets left to this Friday's live show in Chicago. We're going to be joined by Tom and Cecil from Cogdis to break down the right to believe an anti-gay propaganda film that brings like all the thrills of arguing with your racist uncle with a mouthful of peanut butter to the silver screen. Almost certainly the most offensive movie we've ever done. Should be a blast. Anyway, enough of plugging our shit. Let's plug somebody else's for a minute with a word from our first sponsor this week, Blue Apron. Hi, I'm Jezebel Swizz. And I'm Murgatroyd Fantana. And we're Cooking Cooking Without without Aprons, aprons, where each episode we try to recreate a Blue Apron recipe without all the bother of the pre-portioned fresh ingredients and step-by-step instructions. So tell us, Murgatroyd, what will we be making today? Today we'll be making spicy shrimp and Korean rice cake with cabbage and furikake. Sounds hard. Well, without Blue Apron, it's pretty flippin' impossible, Jezebel. So what have you got there? Shrimp. Is it from a local farm or fishery? Nope, I don't have Blue Apron, so I drove through the snow, and this was literally the only shrimp they had at the grocery store. I see. And is it supposed to be gray? Sure. And and how did you spice it? Pepper and Tabasco sauce. Sounds gross. You're gross. Tell us about your Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furry cake. Oh, well, uh, darn near impossible. So... What is a Korean rice cake? No clue. So I took this rice cake that was regular and then I taught it StarCraft. That's your one. Sure, I guess so. Then I bought some cabbage and I googled furikake, but since I don't have Blue Apron, the chances of getting that where I live are about the same as putting moon rocks on my food. Sounds like Blue Apron was the way to go after all. It sure was. So, for those at home who might want to make this recipe, what would you recommend? Checking out this week's menu and getting their first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash scathing. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash scathing. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. By the way, you do not want to misspell furikake when you Google it. You do not. Oh, for a kake. Yeah, I got something very different. Very. And now to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, the Vatican was happy to announce a fully pubescent sex scandal last week when reports surfaced that Italian parish priest Andrea Contin is under investigation for allegedly organizing orgies in his rectory, rectory, and serving as a pimp for more than a dozen of his lovers. According to a report in The Independent, authorities seized a variety of sex toys and explicit videos from the church purportedly containing footage of orgies taking place on church property. And in a spectacular effort to disguise his homemade porn, Content apparently labeled the videos in question with the names of popes. <laughs> now, either he was trying to hide it or he was just trying to force a 30-second spin on papal porn titles. I don't oh, know. Oh, uh, <laughs> the, the penis miter. Uh, the holy semen. Obviously. Uh, glory holy sea. Um... A, a few good men. The papist. Um, <laughs> the rapist. Um, <laughs> altar boys in the hood. Uh, choking the bishop. Cardinal uh, fisting. <laughs> card vaginal. Uh, cream pious one. Uh, cream pious two. Cream pious in the rectory. The Roman helmet. The Roman Polanski. Uh, rectory uh, prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually a pope named Hilarious. There and, is. uh, 
Nazi gold in showers. Oh, God. Add to your Amazon wish list. What? <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> I almost don't remember. No, we were talking about this this priest who wasn't fucking kids for a change. So as of now, no him. charges have been filed against <laughs> compliment sandwich. Yeah. So as of now, no charges have been filed against Cotton, but he's being accused of living off immoral earnings and psychological violence amid allegations that he pimped out women using wife swapping websites and swinger resorts. Uh, Cotton has denied the charges, but there are multiple sources indicating that it is hard out there for him. So it's evidence at the very least. Easy. Uh, a 49-year-old church volunteer who spoke to the media on the condition of anonymity admitted to having an affair with Contents, adding, quote, there were a lot of women hovering around him. I didn't understand that at first, only later, end quote. And that was all the quote they gave. So I like to imagine that a bunch of ladies were just floating nearby while he fucked two of them. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like like hummingbirds, right? Yeah. Lady hummingbirds. <laughs> mm. What were we talking about? <laughs> Take note, reason con attendees. Well, well, I have a question. How white were these floating ladies? We sure this is a guy oh, isn't Mormon? Right. No, good question. Good question. Now, it is worth noting, by the way, that these complaints were first made to a local bishop last summer, but the church's internal policing system didn't do a goddamn thing. Apparently, imagine that. So eventually, somebody had to go to the real police. So despite uncritical reports of the reforms under Pope Frankie Doodle Dandy, the procedure for sex abuse allegations still seems to be nod sympathetically and pretend you're doing something about it. Yeah, just the Pope taking notes during Spotlight. Yeah, the, right. The beginning of Spotlight. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seemed to be working well back in the 50s for him, yeah. And in which doctor is which news tonight? It looks like the Massachusetts House of Representatives works on some sort of bill quota because their latest session ended with what I, I can only describe as a legislative two-minute drill <laughs> during which they decided to pass apparently something, just something, literally anything we just need one more <laughs> and the one more they came up with and passed was a bill that sets up a state licensing board for practitioners of medical pseudoscience oh, fucking wonderful just a guy at the dmv wingardium leviosa <laughs> right well and look unfortunately this is an easy sell for most people, because like e even if you know homeopathy is bullshit, most people think, you know, hey, licensing bullshit is better than unlicensed bullshit. You know, better to have accountable sorcerers. Right. But but we yeah, well, no, because we know how this fucking plays out. Right. Like the FDA approves acupuncture needles in the sense that they say, yep, that one doesn't have any botulism on it. And then <laughs> acupuncturists say, look, the FDA has approved medicinally stabbing people with needles. So we already know how this fucking shit plays out. Right. Basically, we're looking at the governmental version of just letting your little brother hit you in the arm like not the face just the arm just the arm. right <laughs> yes okay so here's the good news part of this the bill still needs to be signed by the governor before it takes effect and the governor is charlie baker a former healthcare exec known to be relatively logical and a friend of evidence so hopefully he realizes that ranking magical apothecaries is Probably not the greatest idea. Right. Uh, but for those wondering, uh, Denny and Lee's Tannins, Davenport's Vanishing Ink, and Penguin. In that order. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> but those um, are magic shops. Here's, there's a magician <laughs> listening to this. Loving it. <laughs> Long tail. <laughs> so uh, here's the bad news. Um, even if Baker chooses to veto, which I really hope he does, um, we still have 18 states out there with official licensing for nonsense like homeopathy and 
ass fracking autism away with speech. <laughs> so that's still yeah, there. No, you know, you may have hit on something there. I feel like if the term ass fracking catches on, we're going to find a bunch of new Green Party allies. So uh, let's <laughs> let's try to roll with that, everybody. Ooh, I like <laughs> it. Ass fracking. I like it. Makes sense. Most people who don't do it think it's way harder than it is. If you do it wrong, gas escapes into the air. White women <laughs> generally like it, even though they won't admit it. I get it. I'm saying I get it. <laughs> okay, so here's the part I'm most confused about, though. What process are they planning on using if the bill gets signed? Well, like, yeah, exactly. How does one determine which homeopath gives the best service? Do they check which pills are the wateriest? Like, <laughs> and what about all the other stuff? I mean, I don't doubt that Eli can indeed fuck away Lyme disease, but how would they determine if someone else is better at that? <laughs> I, I'm really asking, how would you check that? It's Which is why my challenge to the reason. doctors at Johns Hopkins to a fuck off still goes unanswered. <laughs> looking at you, Moyam Rosenberg. Looking at I you. I don't feel like that's the only reason. Mm, I you feel don't like there feel are that others. Way. Agree or disagree. <laughs> and in basketball season of the witch news tonight. Those who tuned into last week's show might remember that Rwanda has recently banned witchcraft in soccer, but perhaps it's time for other sports to get on board as well. Because there was apparently quite the Wizards battle at a recent Atlanta Hawks game that referees were powerless to stop. Huh. So so wizarding battles are to the NBA as blatant face mask penalties that should negate touchdowns are to the Lions Seahawks game. Got it. Got it. Mm. SAT style. <laughs> Bullshit. But I, I'd love to see the audio replay challenge on magic in sports. Like after review, he said double dribble. Toil and trouble. Those are the wrong words. <laughs> Ruling on the court stands. So, here's the story. During Wednesday night's game in the fourth quarter, an Atlanta Hawks player missed a free throw that would have extended his team's lead. When the ball bounced to Orlando Magic's Serge Ibaka, he very clearly picks up the ball and, like, gives it a pep talk, which <laughs> I guess is to be expected. After all, he does play for the Orlando Magic. I feel like what we needed here was an intervention from the Washington Wizards. <laughs> well, and, and Wizards. I want to point Zing. out that Abaka is also the name of the production company that does our favorite Nigerian soap opera. So Indeed. this could have been a lot worse. I mean, we're just lucky Paul Millsap <laughs> doesn't own a bodega. Could have got ugly. He's in there telling the vultures to get their shit together. Come on, you guys. What the fuck is this? <laughs> There's nothing in the rule book. This is a vulture. Can't play basketball. Oh, let's make that movie. <laughs> we have the CGI ability. <laughs> so in response to the, the magic spell, Atlanta's Dwight Howard grabbed the ball and then very clearly like offers his side of the argument, which visibly upset Ibaka and caused him to complain to the ref. Really, watch the video. It's amazing. You can see him be like, you see that shit? Wasted my spot. I just had to kill a bat and everything. Bats aren't cheap, man. You ever have lunch with Azealia Banks? Unpleasant. I had to do that. Mix and Lil Cool just staring at me the whole time. It's really <laughs> awkward. And in converty minutes or less news tonight, it seems that there may actually be such a thing as bad for Domino's delivery. I I'm just saying who orders extra sausage and doesn't mean they want to have sex with the delivery guy, okay? <laughs> you worked at Chuck E. Cheese's. Worked. Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> no longer allowed. 
Anyway, we're not we're not actually supposed to talk about that, according to Andrew. So back to the story. After ordering what many Americans would consider pizza from a local chain, Indianapolis Domino's customer Andrea Stone was livid when her order arrived complete with a Jesus pamphlet. According to her Facebook post, the driver greeted her by saying, quote, here's your pizza. Here's your two liter. Here's your blessing. End quote. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't Chicago pizza. No, that's true. That shit, you could be getting the bloody corpse of Christ on a bread tarp and you wouldn't know the difference. So, <laughs> Domino's actually, fun fact, makes a Chicago-style pizza. They just fill the box with hot tomato juice and throw it at you. Three out of five stars. It's great. <laughs> for, for Chicago pizza, that's not bad, though. Yeah. So within a day of Stone's post, Domino's corporate headquarters released a statement assuring their customers that, quote, Domino's does not subscribe to or endorse any single religion, end quote, a statement that may be amended later for employee insurance purposes. Anyway, the driver defended himself to a local news station by explaining that he started handing out the pamphlets after being shot at a few weeks ago and rethinking his life and priorities. And apparently that introspection didn't end with get a different fucking job. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, he just got himself one enormous breast pocket that covers his whole body and filled it with pamphlets. Apparently, yeah, exactly. Strategy. To be fair, shooting someone who brings you a Domino's pizza is legally self-defense in six states. (laughs) (laughs) Stand your ground. And look, look, I I delivered pizza for a living for a few years, so I empathize with, like, taking whatever job you can get. But when you're there, you need to understand that you're now completely unqualified to suggest life decisions to other people. Right. Like if anything, you should show up to people's doors and ask if they have a pamphlet on how to be less like yourself. And if you're ever feeling bad about how your day is going, just remember, at some point in history, someone complained to no illusions about the quality of the pizza he just delivered. to them. So you're OK. Right. That didn't happen to you. <laughs> the reason why it's a used to and it's not because I got a better job. Extra sausage. <laughs> And in I've got a Gordon ticket news tonight. As of January 10th, Gordon Klingenschmidt is no longer a member of the Colorado House of Representatives. Now that he lost his bid for a state Senate seat as well, I'm assuming he'll be resuming his post as a bad guy on Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out, was, not falling over. I know I hit you. <laughs> so <Yep>. perfect. <laughs> Put a little melon no. on him. <laughs> he looks like a cartoon pig. Yes. Now, that's not the whole story here, but it's definitely worth a quick celebration. He's the worst. Yes. The yes. Worst. And just in case his old position on Angry Birds has been filled, perhaps they need somebody to teach the sheep to say four legs good, two legs bad. There's a lot of <laughs> lot of other occupational <laughs> options for the guy. Right. So uh the uh, other part of the story is the rant we got. From Goklings during a recent episode of his talk show. The topic was a gay teacher in Minnesota who allegedly abused several students before fleeing the state and killing himself. And instead of a reasonable response to this, like, well, wasn't a priest. Cool. Um, Klingenschmidt announced that gay people should not be allowed to teach in public schools because they're all pedophiles. So apparently Klingenschmidt looked ahead to his term ending and decided to have one last on-the-job outburst of Christian Tourette's. Uh, actually, it's more like Christian coprolalia, if we're being technical. Oh, yeah. I have a one-man show about that. <laughs> right, right. The penis monologue. <laughs> cool. So before we move on to the next story, you want to give us a quick teaser of the penis monologues? Oh, uh, gosh, I wasn't even... Okay, give me a second. Hail Mary, 
full of man paste. Hollowed out be thy frame. It's a whole. No, it's, he, that's, he, I think that's, I think that's pretty much all we really spot. need. It's, it's a whole. <laughs> you come into the middle of it. It's, it's very much like circle mirror transformation. <laughs> opening and closing and opening. Yeah. He gets it. And in Luke, I am your father figure news tonight. It turns out that no matter how much of a dick that guy you went to high school with is on Facebook about celebrities dying, the bright side is Franklin Graham and Steven Anderson will always be worse. Right, yeah. Unless unless you went to high school with Franklin Graham or Steven Anderson, in which case we can only hope you got a wedge year or two in while you still could. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, even YouTube and Twitter personalities who thought immediately after their deaths was a good time to talk about the fact that they both use drugs and that somehow means that they deserve to die from it can take a back seat because Steven Anderson and Franklin Graham are here to tell us that George Michael, the cultural icon slash philanthropist and mental health crusader and artist Carrie Frisher are burning in hell. Okay, so first up, the man who has still yet to accept any of our female listeners' invite to an arm wrestle and failed Chris Helmsworth statue made out of mayo, Stephen Anderson, <laughs> took to YouTube in a video called George Michael, a pervert burning in hell right now to prove once again that he, whatever humanity he had is long dead and he's a walking evil husk, saying, quote, George Michael's burning in hell right now. He was a very wicked, God-hating, sodomite reprobate, and he's getting the punishment that he deserves right now. Adding, there's a reason why, here, bear with me, according to AIDS.gov in the AIDS 101 section, they're 50 times more likely to get AIDS than your average person. <laughs> It's, there's more. There's more. Yeah, that's not true, but there's more. No, no. <laughs> and by the way, that's why George Michael died at an age of 53 years old when the normal life expectancy for a man is 76. Sure because of the fact that on average, the sodomite death style shaves about 20 years off your life expectancy. End quote. <sighs> Couple of things here. Uh, there is no evidence that George Michael died of AIDS, and oh. Anderson seems confused about what AIDS is. Like, he seems to think that being gay is like smoking, you know, like, you're way more likely to get lung cancer, but definitely bad for you. Like, the butthole leads right to your heart, after all. Well, <laughs> right, like, he seems to think, like, everybody gets one AIDS to start with, and then each time you have butt sex, you get one more. <laughs> Heath has 12 AIDS. <laughs> and I still have Lyme disease. This feels like a scam. This feels like a scam. That's why I was asking about uh, other doctors before. Mm -hmm. And I have a heart-shaped bed with their name on it should they choose to put their so-called authority to the test. All about the journey. Wonderful. Okay. Playing journey. <laughs> but that's okay. Because Steve Anderson wasn't alone. Christian evangelist and a man who almost certainly was never allowed to play any reindeer games, Franklin Graham, took to Facebook to remind us that while all of the celebrities who died this year might make us sad, the only way to the afterlife is Jesus and that he, for one, sure hopes they made the right decision before meeting the big old bouncer in the sky. He... Mm. Yeah, I know. He ended the Facebook post by reminding anyone who sees it if they hadn't gotten right with God to, quote, call on him immediately. Don't delay, end quote. Or else you don't get the second ShamWow and free shipping, I guess. <laughs> it's a Billy maze of fucking evangelism here. The point is, as we leave the meme of 2016 sucked behind us, we can look forward and remember, Franklin Graham and Steve Anderson still suck, and they always will. 
<laughs> something you can count on. And you know what? I just want to point this out. I bet the years that they die aren't going to get any extra credit for being awesome. Yeah, it's a double standard, people. Just think about all the horrible people who also died in 2016, yeah, and it think, evens out. Think about them. I got pictures taken with me, Phyllis, and Santa. We are not allowed back into that mall, by the way. Not allowed. And while you try to work out if that makes you feel better or not, we'll pause for a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. Ruined his Santa suit. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It's a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. Well, it's 2017, and it looks like my dry spell of stories is over. Because this week, my cup runneth over with assholery. So let's jump right in. First up tonight is religious rights activist and Augustus Gloop doing drag, Janet Porter, who was on Gordon Klingensmith's show this week to lament Governor Kasich's veto on her barbaric anti-abortion heartbeat bill. The bill, which was too stupid even for Kasich to sign, was struck down and replaced with one only marginally better a few weeks ago. And that had live action Miss Piggy hopping mad. She plans to sue Governor Kasich and I assume also give him a karate chop while calling herself moi. However, like the movie villain she is, Porter just couldn't help but monologue about her true evil plan. On K-Shit's show, she went on to explain that as technology improves, so will the ability to hear the fetus's heartbeat, and it was her hope to eliminate abortion altogether on this technicality. So move over, Roe versus Wade. Janet Porter is going to foil Planned Parenthood with a metal detector she's souped up to hear an ovum's first heartbeat. Next up in our cavalcade of assholery comes a nameless Pennsylvania staffer who wins my shit stain of the week award for hanging up on a caller for talking about menstruation because it's too graphic for her to talk about, but apparently not too graphic to legislate. So here's the story. This week, 26-year-old Nina Starmer did what we should all be doing and called her representative Pat Toomey to talk about issues in the coming year, namely defunding Planned Parenthood. Toomey, who is known for looking like his forehead is slowly melting onto his face, trying to ban abortion and wanting to punish doctors who perform them, was unavailable. So Starmer offered to call back when he was there so she could educate him on her reproductive rights and menstruation. Well, apparently the M word was a bridge too far for the offended staffer, who informed her that if she wanted to talk to the man who wanted to take her rights away, she would need to be less graphic. Starmer, of course, explained to the Victorian-era time traveler that had somehow gotten a job as a staffer that if Tommy wanted to vote on her hoo-ha, it was probably pretty important that he understand it, to which the staffer again told her not to be so graphic and hung up on her. So, ladies, just to be clear, Toomey's office has refused to comment on the incident, but it seems clear to me that they need some graphic education ASAP. So perhaps until Senator Toomey decides to change his tune, we should help out. So aside from calling your elected representatives, you might also want to give his office a call at 610-434-1444, especially if your Aunt Flo is visiting this week. And confident in the fact that I just ruined at least one asshole's day, I'll turn things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. 
Thank you, Lucinda. And in less is Mormon news tonight, more than 35,000 people have added their names to a petition asking the Mormon Grand Sorcerer's Council, or whatever, to back away from plans to have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir perform at Donald Trump's unavoidable inauguration. The petition cites Trump's sexism, racism, misogyny, and xenophobia as reasons to reconsider the performance, though it's not entirely clear by the wording if they're worried about endorsing the competition or if he's just hating all those people incorrectly. <laughs> vague he's like that kid whose mom has to secretly guilt all the other moms to bring in their kids to her shitty son's birthday Isn't party he? our next president <laughs> right. is that kid fantastic yeah. like when you were so popular in school that all the other kids were too intimidated to come to your party so your mom gave out 20 dollars bills yeah it's just like <laughs> i get it but trump's not cool like that at all though i don't understand that's a bad metaphor you can use a good metaphor so that our listeners will understand you we were too poor for all that $20 bill shit, so we won't be discussing what my mom had to do to get other kids to hang out with me, so back to the story. Anyway, the petition also claims that the performance threatens to, quote, misrepresent the diversity of Mormons worldwide, end quote. And really? that is a pretty bizarre claim coming from a 91% white religion. And by the way, that's even if you leave out people with tans. Still, I'm sure Mormonism would defend itself by pointing out that other religions had a head start with all the black people, what with Mormons only realizing they were human in 1978. Right. In fairness to the Mormons, though, in most of this country, it's probably not the best idea to send black people around walking up to front doors uninvited, just in terms of <laughs> not getting employees shot in the face. Right, as Domino's is learning. Ground standing. Hover your ground. <laughs> also, you know they just like kept accidentally naming their black guy in the letter and being... <laughs> right. like, it's really unfair to Garrett. I mean, African-American Mormons. <laughs> so I'm a boomer named Garrett. You don't, like, Garrett. <laughs> keep pointing. <laughs> I feel you, bro. I feel you. So, yeah, regardless, this is yet another red flag of just how musically bereft the inauguration promises to be. So, according to the most recent report I could find, the musical lineup at present includes an America's Got Talent loser, an 80s cover band called The Reagan Years, DJ Freedom, and a female septet called The Star Spangled Singers who apparently haven't updated their Facebook page in about two years. Oh, that is all real. However, <laughs> the fact that nobody has taken it and then just fucked him is a huge wasted opportunity. Why, right? John, just say yes and then pretend you forgot the words to all your songs. What's he going to do? That's not a <laughs> Leave on something, something. Oh, wet diarrhea. What about it? Isn't that crazy? I think I'll just pinch my nipples and scream for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> None of this is illegal! <laughs> we'll do it. And the voice of an angel, oh. Donald. Just yet another reason to come to the live show in Chicago. You will see Some my nipples. Some of it might be illegal. <laughs> and in the Elrond in the Cupboard news tonight, Gabriella <laughs> Brandao. Thank you. Thank you. Gabriella Brandao took to Twitter this week to remind us all that 2017 just won't stop giving us greatness when she discovered that her daughter's great-grandmother's figurine of St. Anthony, to which she prays multiple times a day, every day, is actually an action figure of Elrond from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I knew I saw Smeagol in a dog's asshole the other day. Now it all makes sense. All right, so we're going with Eli was having lunch. That must have been Smeagol. Good, good. Got it. I, I feel like Andrew will appreciate that. Yeah. Preemptive. There you go. 
So, the bad news is this continues the long and tragically hilarious tradition of little old Spanish ladies praying to random shit that turns out not to be holy because Alzheimer's and Jesus fit in so well together. But the good news, compliment sandwich, the good news is whether it's an action figure of Elrond or a picture of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, the prayers are just as effective. So, you know. Right. No harm, no foul. And finally tonight, from the arch nemesis file, despite a small controversy among local traditionalists, a new McDonald's location recently opened in Vatican City, right next to St. Peter's Square and the Vatican itself. In related news, I'd like to add USA, USA, USA. I'm a beat up a gay guy. Sorry, sorry. You just picture someone being like, Father Pietro, why do you keep dressing up like a clown? You know what? Fuck you. There's nothing that says I can't dress this way. I'm going to go hang out at the McDonald's some more. Such a soft lap. So soft. So, apparently. Oh, no chaser left. Someone spilled the soda all over the place. Sit right here. I fell over. I fell over. <laughs> okay, so apparently lots of people were concerned that a greasy American chain restaurant would ruin the classic Roman ambiance of the Vatican neighborhood. In particular, they didn't want a tacky capitalist eyesore taking away from all the beautiful uh, tourist bodegas selling Vatican-themed bullshit like Pope on a Rope. Yeah, right. Because no room for burger joint in a classy part of town like that right yeah they're just worried the hamburger restaurant will make their pedophile palace made of gold look gross gotta keep up the image <laughs> well I, I mean look and if, if the complaint was you now have george pell and joseph weselowski in jogging distance of a ball pit i would understand that objection but as it stands they're saying guys our international pedophilia headquarters are gonna look kind of gaudy aren't they <laughs> Quit hogging the slide, George. I'm too sick to go down. Bullshit, George. I'm not the cops. Come down the slide. <laughs> Says you have to be less than this tall. I'm not doing it. Right. Uh, also among those who voiced opposition to the McDonald's were several Vatican leaders who preferred to have the building used to help the less fortunate instead. And they chastised the landlord who rented the space to the restaurant. That landlord, just for the record, was... The Vatican. Them. And yeah. They'll be getting about 30 grand a month in rent, which, in fairness, they will likely use to help the less fortunate. Will at they? At least to the extent that getting raped as a child is unfortunate. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. Money yeah. makes it all even. And, and look, one could argue that any Vatican-owned property that isn't being used to spread Catholicism is helping the less fortunate. So there's also that. Mm, so what you and therefore Andrew are saying is that any building I might use for non-Catholic purposes is a charity and I should pay my taxes <laughs> accordingly. Nope, I am not nope. saying that. That's never what you think we're saying. Message received. <laughs> wink. I don't think it worked. Wink, okay. wink. So, you can't wink at my statements. I, I keep telling you that. Wink. So, <laughs> There's been an even number of winks now. <laughs> Wink. All right, so... <laughs> Shit. So the story didn't really have wink. Anything about underage sex crime wink, wink. until I forced it in there at the end. So that's nice. Uh, good job, Vatican, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, though, we are going to go ahead and ruin that some more because there's going to be a restaurant right next to the Vatican. It should really have a kid-fucking theme. Shouldn't it? And that means... We're going to need 30 seconds on the clock. 
ideas for the pedophile-themed restaurant in Vatican City. Go. All right, but before I do, I want to start by acknowledging the irony of trying to come up with a pun that associates Jared Fogel with fast food and failing. Uh, so instead, I'll <laughs> go with the youth booth at the Minor Diner. Ooh, uh, I actually had one. Uh, power Subway. <laughs> Eat Freshman? Something like that. <laughs> How about um, uh, Burger King of Pop? Huh? Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smoothie Criminal? <laughs> uh, Comet Ping Pong. <laughs> Too soon? Not Italian enough? Cometa ping pong. Oh, I like it. Uh, Andy Wilson's <laughs> restaurant, Incredulous. <laughs> the thing is, though, nice you order man. your food and it takes like four months before it gets yeah. there. But yeah, other than that. He is like the McRib of podcasters. Um, <laughs> how, about, um, how about the McDiddle's breakfast oh, sandwich? God. The bun's already got syrup. <laughs> so a lot of people prefer syrup. <laughs> All right, how about uh, Wendy's Old Fashioned Humbert Humburgers? Ooh, uh, 7 to 11, featuring the Lolita of Slushy. <laughs> um, all right, what about the Lolitery and Wine Bar for the classy tweenophile? Oh, God. And as much as I hate to close the segment on the suggestion that pedophilia contains a scale of panache. Uh, it, it doesn't? It doesn't. We're That's all doesn't? the headlines okay. we've got. So, Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Eli didn't write a felony thing here. (laughs) And when we come back, the Mormons will teach us why it's wrong to finger teenagers. You know, here on Scathing Atheist, we make a lot of jokes about Noah's age. Wait, what? Yeah, and we thought we'd give that a rest for this week's Loot Crate ad. Gee, thanks, guys. Sure thing. Got it. Be the envy of your friends and get 100% exclusive crates at lootcrate.com slash atheist and enter our code atheist to save $3 off any new subscription. But wait until I tell you about January's crate. It'll take you back to the old school. Huh. Old school, you say? Do we know anybody who might know something about being old? Guys... Oh, maybe, Heath, maybe. Anyways, get ready for January's old school theme, Origins. Loot Crate has awesome and exclusive items for your old school favorites. Old school, huh? Like, uh, like what? Oh, well, you see, this January, you get to see where it all started and explore the iconic origins with historic items featuring Superman, who premiered in 1933, the day Noah graduated from high school. No, I didn't graduate from... So uh, there's also Captain America, who, like Noah, fought the Nazis in World War II. Didn't you know? Heath, I am five years older than you, bro. Dog years. There's also Mario and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including, as always, the monthly t-shirt and pin. You remember pins, don't you? Making the very first one in that pin factory you worked in as a boy, (sighs) voting for FDR and... Marching with George Washington That's, on how Or even... if you're more of a fantastical fashionista, try Loot Wear. Monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. Plus, the chance to wear mixed fibers. A chance that Noah's a boy never had. You know, I edit both of you. Want to geek it... out your pet? Try Loot Pets. Eli actually ordered this. I did. It's great. Madge loves Cookie Cat. <laughs> Speaking of pets, Noah's first pet was a brontosaurus. Ooh, king of the sea. Incorrect, and no, I didn't, and you guys don't know anything about dinosaurs. Or dragons, as they were called in your day. No, they were not called. But don't wait. This offer expires on January 19th. 
So go to lootcrate.com slash atheist and enter our code atheist to save $3 off any new subscription today. Loot Crate, because in Noah's day, the only mail they had was the Pony Express. I hate you both. From time to time, listeners send us suggestions for god-awful movies that are too short to fill an episode but too insane to ignore. And when we come across one that we just can't resist, we recycle the shit out of our other show's formula for a segment we call... God-awful minis. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched These Things Are an Abomination. It's the best mormon movie we've watched i <laughs> loved it let's talk about it i'm very excited oh uh, before we do though eli tell us how bad was this movie lit well if you love after school specials but you're pretty sure you want to fuck your dad you <laughs> will love this mini 40 percent are changing bodies 40 percent room and 20 percent my little pony commercial <laughs> wait with a little Mormonism tossed in. All right. So I guess we can just dive right in. We're going to start this video off by meeting every guy's third choice from prom, wandering out of the house into the farm or something. With her jeans snugly around yeah. her neck. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So does the female waist keep moving over <laughs> generations? No, oh, I hope no. so. Where was it back during the greatest generation? <laughs> was it above their head? Where was the waist? Yeah, you just put another woman on top of her or something like that so that she can see out. Yeah. No, no, it's it's like as soon as I saw that, I was just like, oh, God, I'm glad the 90s stopped. Yeah. Wow. And my music note here is just simply porn for women. I mean, there is there is absolutely like if she walked into the barn and masturbated, this is I've seen this opening before. Yeah, absolutely. He had it on a VHS that eventually wore out and he had to throw it out in the woods. <laughs> So what we did back then. Also, <laughs> as, she, as she's walking, uh, there's like a local quote unquote farm boy, but he clearly has no idea what to do. So he's putting hay onto the fucking cow <laughs> yeah. and the cow turns to the camera like Jim from the office. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing sense. here, man? No sense. Like they clearly wanted a pitchfork and hay involved, but they had no idea what that <laughs> actually looks like. They're, he's just... For no reason, shoveling it over a fence that has no, it's, there's slot, you could just push it. Why would there be a pile on one side of the fence? Why wouldn't they have just, none of it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and apparently, by the way, this whole 45 seconds of setup in this seven minute movie is just to introduce us to the idea that there's a young girl and she exists. We had to establish that with like 12% of this goddamn video. So she goes into the barn where she comes across dad. Right, who is mowing the horse or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. She's like, hey, Dad, just helping and whistling inconspicuously. Nothing. I, I felt like she was going to ask if he ever gets that not-so-fresh feeling. <laughs> <but> <laughs> not what happened. Well, his response is so weird because she's like, can I ask you something? And he goes, oh, you never offer to help me, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, well, let's just... Mow the horse in silence then. For a few seconds. Yeah. Mow the horse. So, but she finally, she finally asked her question. She's like, so I, 
Ida, my friend, wants to know if butt sex counts. <laughs> it's her body, right? Does butt sex count? It's her body. And to which the dad, without hesitation, goes, nope. Nope. Like Andrew <laughs> fucking Torres. <laughs> also, we should point out here that his, like, nope is supposed to be like, oh, you're so down, homie. Like, you're such a mysterious cowboy. But it's actually just a dick move. He, she's like, it's, I have a question. And he's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. And she's like, oh, weird. I'm like 13. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in my notes. She's got to snatch the coffee bean from her dad's hand to get the answer. What the fuck? <laughs> Apparently, so after a lot of bullshit back and forth or whatever, he finally recommends that she check out First Corinthians chapter six, where she'll find her answer about her friend getting fingered. Yeah, check check the index under female bodily autonomy, comma you have none. Yeah, right. Be right there. Yeah, exactly. So she goes outside to study the Bible, and then this the, the music that's been playing suddenly has lyrics, and they are so goddamn on the nose. They're like, like Emily, my friend, is getting fingered, and I asked Dad about it while we were mowing the horse. I mean, it's it's like one <laughs> step behind that. Uh, actually, Heath, you actually wrote down these lyrics. Can oh, you walk you? us through the uh, poetry that they... <clears throat> They uh, will play for us three times. <laughs> I'd love to. Would you like to do every other line with me? Little, oh, yes, please. Okay. Little musical number. <laughs> Emily, my friend, partner in many dreams, looking down the road I see, your choice is not what it seems. I <laughs> I search for an answer By the spirit now I feel God's word will show us where to go But will you let me show you what I know What I know And, and I want to be clear on just... <laughs> Beautiful, by the way, guys. Beautiful. That was a lovely Thank moment. You. I had a tear in my eye. That's going to be on uh, CD, baby. We'll put oh, that yeah. out. We'll get <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I want to point out that this, this is how on point it is. Like, the, the, the dad walks out at one point and he says to the daughter, like, have you found an answer yet? And the daughter goes, not yet. And the lyrics then are going, I search for an answer. Like, that's how, yeah. <laughs> And to be fair, whenever I wonder about Heath, I write a song like that and sing it in my head. Like, I, I feel like it's very weird. Where are you on a beach? Return your text sometime. So, yeah. So, signal out here is not my fault. Sorry. So. So yeah, so like she's reading the Bible. Dad comes out and gets her attention by apparently throwing chicken shit on her Bible. So what was in the bucket? I don't, I don't fucking I wrote, know. Yeah, her dad throws a rock from his bucket of farm rocks at her. What, what are those for? Like homemade quarry cereal? Uh, lesbian toddlers? What are they doing with that? It's ridiculous. Also, there was this one little moment at the beginning of the scene that the some guy just walks up to her and they try to have a little discussion there, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And she goes, yeah, no doubt. She does. That's her exact <laughs> words. I just wanted to keep going with this conversation like, oh, no doubt. No diggity. Hundo P. Shizzle. Chuch. <laughs> We're Mormon. RZA just pops out of the straw behind her. All right, that's it. I'm going to go date Azealia Banks. So then little sister shows up with a, a goddamn 
canoes worth of eggs. Pallet of eggs. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. They have 900 chickens, apparently. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now dad <laughs> comes back up to her. She's still studying away at her Bible. And this is the question he asks her. He says, have you figured out why immorality is wrong? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> fuck you. You can't ask that. That's like asking why big is so large. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. When did you stop beating your sister wives? Pathologies. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> right. And okay. And then she goes, uh, because it's a sin. So she uses yet another synonym. And, and then he goes, this is his setup. He goes, and who is it a sin against? And somehow she manages to fuck up that answer. She yeah. should be in a helmet. <laughs> exactly. And and she's like, he goes, is it against yourself? And he goes, find out yourself. And I wrote, fuck, your dad's the goddamn country riddler. <laughs> <laughs> when the rules don't make any fucking sense, that's why you need to spell them out for people, dad. <laughs> Her friend figured out the natural intuitive morality of it's okay for teenagers to rub each other's bits together. <laughs> You're supposed to lie and pretend that's not the case. It's it's so easy. It's so easy. And okay, so now it is like late evening. By now, the average person could have transcribed First Corinthians chapter six with Legos, and this <laughs> dumbass bitch is still trying to figure out that the answer to every Christian question is Jesus. Mm, who is it a sin against? I just can't figure it out. There's two goddamn characters that matter in your whole fucking book. She walks in. It's all about wooden submarines. I skipped ahead to a different one. <laughs> no, no uh, it starts with J. J jackal? Is it jackal? <laughs> it's jackal. No. How about jackal? Jackal. jackal? Yeah. She's, yeah. And she's watching way, the bodyguard for clues. <laughs> but finally, she, like, she has the epiphany or whatever and runs in to have her eureka moment with dad. You know, she's like, I figured it out. It's Jesus we're sitting against. Right. And the way she puts it is she goes, I get it. Our bodies are not our own. And I was like, I like it. A little alien twist. Something's going to burst out of her chest to get dad. But no. No. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen a teenage girl offering up her body in a more boring fucking way. But yeah, dad explains that we belong to God because, and this is a quote, he bought us for a price. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was White Friday, so all the good people were on sale. That's how Mormonism started. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. God is a plantation owner, and this is not the least moral vision of him they worship. That's <laughs> exactly. good to know. He, he goes on to explain that the Savior had to buy us, but he had to buy us back from himself at a price he set. This is like me just <laughs> gently passing an egg and a dollar back and forth between my hands <laughs> and somehow being mad at both the egg and the dollar. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> okay, th this part was racist and anti-Semitic at the same time, right? Like, But then some people found a loophole and God had to buy everyone back. He's talking about the Jews, right? Oh, very clearly. Yeah, very clearly. Yes. Oh, sure. And I love to because he's already suggested a, a passage from the Bible. Now he has to suggest a passage from the Book of Mormon because that's like the Bible according to itself. And here's the quote he goes. He says, read the last two sentences of the Book of Alma, which is like, OK, you know, like you can't even suggest a whole fucking chapter. You give her two sentences. I was so <laughs> hoping we'd get another montage while she tried to read those two sentences. <laughs> Riding a sheep across volcanic earth. <laughs> in my dreams 
And they, okay, so they have this bizarre conversation, and this always bothers me. This is one of my least. This is one of the things about Christian theology that most baffles me, right? Because he's explaining how you know Jesus had to pay the price on the cross or whatever. He says, "Now, do you think you would get crucified too if you had to pay that price?" And she's like, "No, I wouldn't." I'm like, the question is. Would you get sacrificed if, A, you got to come back to life in three days, and, B, it meant everyone on earth and everyone who's ever been on earth and everyone who will ever be on earth doesn't have to burn in hell for eternity? Her answer is, no, probably not. You are the worst fucking person that ever has existed. They do not make people worse than you then. Nah, I mean, I'm not eating those Syrian Skittles. I'm not doing <laughs> Think about Heath, it. are you the one who tweeted all those things to me? <laughs> I have lots of accounts. <laughs> That's why you can't text back. <laughs> Too busy bothering Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> who deserves it. Who totally deserves it. Yeah, I'm on your side. Don't tweet at me. <laughs> so, Gross. Uh, <laughs> Video games. They're perfect. <laughs> all right, so... Creepy pedophile dad dude is telling her about the power of atonement, and he's very clearly looking at his dick over and over again as he says it, and then he starts talking about defiling his body. No way he's not looking at his dick. Absolutely agree. Yeah, he goes, the second reason I can't defile my body, and I paused it and wrote, because I haven't had my rib removed yet. And now that we understand why I still had to talk my high school girlfriends into fucking me out, even after we'd fucked once before, I guess we can wrap this one up. Mystery solved. But if you enjoyed that one, good news. The Mormons apparently have a multi-billion dollar batshit crazy PSA budget, and YouTube has lifetimes worth of these motherfuckers yet to suggest. Like, every time I would click on one, I'd, cl- I'd click on another one, and there'd be nine new suggestions, and then I'd click on one of those. There's nine- it's an endless fucking loop. I fell asleep watching those. I'm pretty sure I'm Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with the promise that there's more Mormon insanity where that one comes from, we're going to leave you, as we do, with the Breakfast Club close. Emily, my friend, I'm walking past a barn. 80s Mormon Brie Larson ate all 50 eggs and won the bet. And I came. (laughs) The horse wished Dad practiced what he preached about sexual immorality. The girl left Mormonism and listens to our show and is super duper eager to get back at her dad with a chubby Jewish podcaster tomorrow <laughs> in Chicago like crazy, right? How mad? He'll be so mad at you. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> Before we pack our bags tonight, I wanted to let you know that you can get an extra dose of Eli in your life this week. Seth Andrews over at the Thinking Atheist podcast decided that his inbox didn't have enough angry people in it, so he decided to do a recent episode about trigger warnings, and Eli was among his guests. If you want to give it a listen, we'll have that episode linked in the show notes. Anyway, that's all the blast me we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. That's going to be the live show that we're recording tomorrow night in Chicago, so if you can't even wait that long, you're going to have to check the show notes for tickets. 
tickets. Obviously, the show would feel hollow and incomplete if I didn't thank Heath Enright for never giving 110% because he knows how percentages work. I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for continuing to love me despite my propensity for pedantic math jokes. I need to thank Eli Bosnick for de-escalating that prank war before it led to full-scale rioting. And I also need to thank Richard Saunders and Maynard from the Skeptic Zone podcast for providing this week's flatulent Farnsworth quote. If you want to give their podcast a listen, and trust me, you do, you'll find it linked on the show notes for this week's episode. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's most dominant hominids, Jacob, Deborah, Rhonda, Stephen, Crystal, Sapphire, Band Concealed, Carrot, Prone to Drift, Susan, John, T. Lloyd, Madison, Hausdorf, Darren, Seth, Jason, Edgar, Jeffrey, Dennis, Cliff, and Jonathan. Jacob, Deborah, Rhonda, Stephen, Crystal, Sapphire, and Band Concealed, Carrot, who are so hot they get factored into the local heat index. Prone to Drift, Susan, John, T. Lloyd, Madison, Hausdorf, and Darren, who are so fair, mirror, mirror on the wall, printed a full retraction. And Seth, Jason, Edgar, Jeffrey, Dennis, Cliff, and Jonathan, whose erections age slower at the tip. Together, these 21 warriors of wit and wisdom waved a wedge of their wealth this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the fortitude, passion, and internet connection it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended edition of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you're saving all your money for a nuclear Trump shelter, you can also help us done by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling a friend about the show. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark. Our theme song was arranged and performed by Morgan Clark with Richard McNulty on guitar. All additional music was written and performed by Morgan Clark and was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scalingatheist.com. Did you also try to sneak a peanut in your mouth right before you started? <laughs> And do one more. Five, six, seven. <laughs> no, I, I, I have, I don't have that excuse. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.